From Asia Pacific Arts, this is Bullet Chain, a podcast about Asian pop culture. I'm Ada Singh, and on today's show, we're talking about YouTube, specifically Asian American women on YouTube. If you're over 25, which I definitely am, you might be thinking, YouTube stars? Your first topic is about YouTube stars? You might also be thinking, I don't get why they're so popular. Isn't it just kids talking about themselves in front of a webcam? And Asian American girls on YouTube. So is this about makeup? And the answer is yes, sort of, but no. But before we get to that, let's backtrack. Let's go back 10 years ago when YouTube was found. The very first YouTube video was uploaded on April 23, 2005 by one of YouTube's co-founders, Javed Karim. It was a 19-second video called Me at the Zoo. Alright, so here we are in front of the uh, elephants. And the cool thing about these guys is that, is that they have really, really, really long um, fronts. And that's, that's cool. And that's pretty much all there is to say. That's it. That's the whole thing. This video has been viewed over 17 million times. And you might be thinking, that was the most pointless video ever. What does he say? That's cool that elephants have long trunks? But think of it this way. He's a Bangladeshi American raised in Germany. When's the last time you encountered any Bangladeshi Americans in any of the media you consume? For many of you, I'd venture to guess that other than very specific news, maybe about gangs or hate crimes, this might be it. Those 19 seconds you just heard. As Asian Americans and minorities in general, we're used to our stories being ignored in the mainstream media. But YouTube was a new frontier. The idea behind it, at least in theory, is that everyone has access to it. That's Brian Hu, my former co-editor at Asia Pacific Arts and currently the artistic director of the Pacific Arts Movement. And for Asian Americans who have for decades been uh, marginalized in the mainstream film and television industries, this is a way in which they could find an audience. And that's how we've seen it work. And it's been exciting because there have been young artists, performers, who have been able to have careers or something resembling a career or something that's a launching pad to a career by doing videos themselves. Not only are they able to find audiences for their own YouTube channels, but they're starting to get roles in Hollywood. Kev Jumba, real name Kevin Wu, recently starred in Revenge of the Green Dragons, a gangster film produced by Martin Scorsese and co-directed by Andrew Lau, a renowned Hong Kong filmmaker most known for directing Infernal Affairs. But Kevin, like many YouTube stars, started making videos in high school, from their homes. Kevin's very first video was just him dancing around in his backyard. Their audiences were also young, and much of the appeal was watching a guy who seemed like he could be your friend. I don't think people realize how much you can identify with seeing someone who has like a similar face to you on screen. That's Christine Chen. I'm the producer at Wang Fu Productions and I've been working there for about four years now. Wang Fu Productions is an independent filmmaking company and popular YouTube channel headed by Philip Wang, Wesley Chan, and Ted Fu. They first gained attention for their lip-syncing videos which they made in college. The most popular one at the time was Philip and his friends lip-syncing to Justin Timberlake's song, Senorita. Again, it was fun, it was silly, you could imagine doing it with your own friends. You connect with them right away, you know, whether or not um, you realize it, but you do. And then 
and then you start to model yourself after that. I think we always go back to when we're younger, we're like, oh, do you remember like this TV show, this cartoon? And I really did idolize those like main characters and try to like say by the bell. I, I love that cast, you know, I, I totally wanted to be Kelly Kapowski and like, you know, I wanted like a boyfriend like Zach Morris. I don't know why I just did, you know? That's why I feel YouTube is so important because Wanfu can just tell stories about them being an Asian guy living in America, right? Just a guy. And then you have like the youth, not even the youth, I feel people our age, they understand that too. They see and they're like, yeah, it's being a nice guy is hard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you ask fans to name Asian Americans they watch on YouTube, they can probably rattle off a long list of names, but they're mostly guys. And it's not that there aren't Asian American women on YouTube. There's a lot of style and beauty vloggers, there's a lot of singers, and there's a lot of actresses performing in videos written by their male counterparts. But where are the Asian American women at the helm telling our stories? We asked around, and on average, people can name about two. It's not always the same two, so there's maybe a handful of well-known ones. That really shocked me because for me, like traditionally Asian American cinema is such a, you know, so many of the most illustrious names are women. And I was wondering what happened. Um, if YouTube is supposed to be this exciting democratic space in which everybody who traditionally didn't have access um, to the mainstream suddenly could have access, how come it's just men who are directing the works? But men directing doesn't mean that women are ignored, right? So Ada, do you remember that Yam Yam F trailer? In 2012, the Asian-American YouTube channel Yam Yam F, short for UFN Me, UFN My Family, launched with a really high-profile trailer they titled Banana Apocalypse. It was part of a trend that some coined a new Asian-American movement. Hey, Kev Jungma here to announce the launch of the new YouTube network, Yam Yam F. Yam Yam F consists of Fast Five director Justin Lin, Brian Higa, Chester C, and me, the famous one. Let's go take a look. It was a big deal at the time for two reasons. First, it was a symbol of Hollywood power taking YouTube stars seriously. Also, it was one of the first channels to be funded directly by YouTube. The trailer was pretty epic. A couple years later, it has three and a half million views. What do you think of that? I liked it. I remember thinking it was really exciting and that Kev Jumbo was really charming and it was really funny. And I just remember thinking there was so much star power in it. Everybody was in it. It was, it was kind of the all-stars of, of Asian-American YouTube worlds and more. Um, but have you seen it recently? Brian said what struck him watching it this time around wasn't necessarily who was in it, but who wasn't in it, namely Asian-American women. I don't know if you remember, but what happens in this trailer is Kev Jumbo is taking the audience through a, a tour of this fictional studio. And what we find is that he's, he's sort of introducing us to a band of brothers. Um, it, it's, it's sort of this boys club of people like Chester C., um, Ryan Higa, um, Masioka, Harry Shum Jr. And they're, they're pretty much all guys. Um, and then when you do see women, so for instance, um, Kev Jumbo in his sort of self-mocking way takes us through um, this club where like sexy Asian American women are dancing and then he walks out the club saying that's our casting room oh really so it's just a sense that like when Asian American women do appear it's sort of as eye candy and in this kind of like sick sexualized way where they are to be chosen and plucked by someone like Kev Jumba even though he, he like jokingly says they're not his type so if you're an Asian American girl in this world you can basically be an assistant. Ooh, a banana. Uh, that's Chester's banana. You're fired. 
You can be one of the hot girls in the casting room that Kevin rejects. Hot girls aren't my type anyways. Or you can be one of the girls at the end who just doesn't get it. Why don't they just get another banana? Yeah, and then you can eat a banana, which has all kinds of other sexual connotations to it. <laughs> right. Boys being boys, basically. Interesting to me how Asian Americans trying to be a force to be reckoned with is also another way of saying Asian American men are a force to be reckoned with. So you might be thinking, this sucks, but what's new? Hollywood has always been male-dominated, and no one's shocked when year after year we see statistics saying women only make up 16% of directors, producers, writers, cinematographers, and editors in Hollywood. Similarly, no one really says anything when an Asian-American male director like Justin Lin makes Fast and the Furious, these testosterone-driven movies full of action, car chases, and explosions, and the Asian-American women are mostly non-existent, and the women in general are mostly there to be hot chicks or supportive girlfriends. Yeah, we may sigh, but we think, well, these films are mostly for a male audience anyway. And we're really proud of a filmmaker like Justin Lin for succeeding in mainstream Hollywood because we know how difficult it was for him to get there. But YouTube seems different because many, if not most, of the fans are young girls. Wong Fu Productions' audience is 60 to 70% female. That's the crazy thing. It's mostly women watching their stuff, right? And I think they watch it to understand men. And since Wang Fu has a very poetic and romantic way of telling their stories, it resounds, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, these nice guys are really yeah. to be a good boyfriend. Yeah! <laughs> Why can't I find a guy like Wes? You know, like, yeah, that's a lot of that. We don't often think of Asian Americans on YouTube as a boys club, because the men on YouTube are extremely likable to women. Wang Fu Productions' entire brand revolves around them being nice guys. If anything, these nice guys are celebrating the girls, maybe even putting them too much on a pedestal. Remember that Yum Yum F trailer we talked about? I didn't notice how much Asian American women had been thrown into the margins. It even took Christine Chen a few years to notice there was a voice missing in the YouTube world. That even if the girls in their videos were treated well, they're still mostly relegated to playing the love interest. This isn't just a Wong Fu Productions thing. Kevin Wu, Ryan Higa, and Chester C. made a really popular comedy music video together called Nice Guys, about how nice guys always finish last. And don't even get me started on Asian American guys who feel threatened when Asian American girls date outside their race. I think the nice guy thing really got to me. I was like, a lot of the nice guy perspective is that they go out of their way to be a good guy friend to this girl and the girl just totally rejects them right what went wrong and I'm like have you never thought it from a girl's perspective of why does she owe you a relationship just because you were nice to them and then suddenly when you tell them as a girl you're like I don't feel that way about you because I always thought that we were friends you know now you say you want a relationship I don't feel that way about you I'm sorry can we still be friends on their side they're like screw you I don't want to be your friend anymore like I was only being nice to you because I wanted to get with you right it's, it's almost as if a lot of these Asian-American male creators feel like they're owed something uh, because they've been denied a platform for so long. Um, and, and therefore, sometimes you see that kind of underdog story come out in kind of an ugly way in a lot of their productions, in a lot of their stories. Um, and instead of thinking about what are they owed, they should be thinking about what other kinds of stories can emerge, not just their own. So I think it's really important for Asian-American women to kind of correct that. As a woman, I so wanted to be like, I want to, I want to tell our side though, you know? It's not just that the women are, are evil, or not that evil, it's just like, we're not as nice as nice guys. There's another side to all your stories that are, are like, just 
regular nice girl stories, you know, that I wish um, we could either incorporate in or someone could speak up for us. This is what I um, just eventually told myself. I was like, this is, Wang Fu is their channel. They have every right to tell it from their perspective and that's their perspective. But that doesn't mean that there's not a voice missing from the Asian American women, you know? Um, it's just not Wang Fu's story to tell. Earlier this year, Christine Chen helped write a Wang Fu short film called After Us. It's about a girl dealing with a breakup. What do you miss? How sturdy he felt when I hugged him tight. The way he would rest his chin on top of my head. Those are things that a guy shouldn't know, <laughs> right? They shouldn't know that or they wouldn't know. After a breakup, those are the things that I miss. And when I write it, and I see the comments, there's so many women out there that are like, yes, totally, right? Guys would just, how do girls deal with breakup? Oh yeah, they eat ice cream, they cry a lot, they're probably like wine, and you know, it's not to be like sexist, it's just that's what they, that's what they know, right? Next up, of course Asian American women should be telling our own stories, but even when we're being encouraged to, why is it still so difficult? If you like Bullet Train, check out our online magazine, Asia Pacific Arts, where we bring you the most recent news about Asian pop culture, whether it be K-pop, Bollywood, YouTube stars, video games, or anything in between. If you like any of these topics, you can even write for us through our internship program. To find out more, check us out at asiapacificarts.usc.edu. Welcome back to Bullet Train. In the next part of the show, we'll be talking about mean comments on YouTube, so some language is pretty inappropriate for children. Unless your children are the ones leaving the mean comments. Also, just a heads up that some of the audio recorded over the phone is pretty bad. So sorry about that. But just listen closer, hold my hand, and we'll be alright. Earlier, Christine Chen said that Asian American female voices are missing on YouTube. Phil always asks me, or we always have that conversation with like, why are there more like Asian American women storytellers? Do you see a lot of up and coming filmmakers or storytellers that are trying to get on YouTube or are on YouTube internationally all over the world? And most of them are men. It's true. And then I'm going to say there aren't women that aren't, that aren't trying, but if there are, they're mostly part of a group that have both men and women in it. They're acting in those shorts. So if you want to say there's like women creating content and writing their own stories and trying to put it like there's very few of those. You would think that Asian American actresses who are very comfortable in front of camera, who understand what it takes to film something, would want to be on YouTube or start writing their own stuff. We work with a lot of them. I bring it up to them all the time. I'm always like, yeah, you guys should put your own content and just set yourself apart and build your own following so that when you go to auditions you actually have a fan base but for some reason they just like the actresses they don't want they don't they don't want to do it I've been called a bitch a lot are you a bitch or is that just like your face that's Anna Akana hi I'm uh, Anna Akana I'm an actress and filmmaker and I'm on the internet Anna Akana has over 1 million subscribers and 90 million views on her YouTube channel where she's been making comedic vlogs and short films since 2012. She recently won the San Diego Asian Film Festival's Digital Pioneer Award. It was weird because it was like a huge thing and no one ever like talked about it. Like no media outlet ever talked about how terrible they are to women on YouTube. I feel like with society, like it's so much more expected for a guy to like put himself out there and like be assertive. 
And with the girl, when you do it, it's like the comments are always so discouraging right off the bat that I feel like you're either afraid to do it or if you do it, you like don't want to do it anymore and deal with like that kind of harassment. We read like most of the comments on the Wong Food videos. The type of comments that the guys get versus what the women get are so different. There's always comments towards women about how they look, how they're not as pretty as this person, why are they as popular as they are, versus the guys like Wong Fu, the meanest comments that they get are about like the creative aspect of it. As a director, why would you choose to do this? Or as a writer, I wouldn't have to. Like they actually get criticism on the work that they do. But for Asian American women, it's all about like, or just women in general, I think it's just on YouTube, it's like, Oh, why does she look this way? Why isn't she pretty? What does that have to do with anything? So it's not completely true that guys never get mean comments. Wong Fu doesn't get as many personal attacks on YouTube anymore because they've been around for 10 years. People who go to their channel know who they are. But at first, they probably got what most Asian American guys get on YouTube. Racial slurs, ching chong stuff, you suck. I'm sure you can imagine. But for Asian American girls online, as you see all the time with style and beauty vloggers, there are racist comments, sexist comments, critical comments. You're kind of getting attacked from all sides. And it's one thing if you're a pretty girl telling people how to do makeup and dress well. But what if you're Anna Akana telling really personal stories that we rarely get to see Asian American women sharing on YouTube? Stories about mental illness, sexual harassment, building confidence by learning how to pole dance. That time you were a phone sex operator, your four cats. Like I've been called a talentless cunt, probably about two dozen times and uh, I see stuff like that now and I just like laugh about it because it's so it's so mean and it's so absurd and I've read it so many times that I'm just like I don't believe this anymore I think that your life sucks and you're just or you're a kid who just learned a cuss word and you're just saying this stuff so it's, it's I've gotten to a point where I'm okay with it but it did suck in the beginning to like read like kill yourself or like go back to China and like oh I would fuck you in the pussy and lick your butthole and you're just like whoa like what just sucks because I feel like it probably discourages so many girls from doing anything and and ever really putting their voice out there because it is like really hurtful and it took me like three years to get to a point where like I honestly don't care about those kind of comments anymore but I don't know if any if a lot of people would have the the drive to like want to stick with that for three years you know. I learned that the hard way because, so when they do like their behind the scenes, I'm on screen for like a split second and I get comments all the time. Like, who is she? Who is she dating on Wang Fu? And she's not as pretty as this person. She doesn't look good. There's so many comments like, how does she get to hang out with Wang Fu Productions by looking like that? And it's one thing when one person says it, but when most of the comments out of like a thousand comments is about how dumb I am and how ugly I look, it was just really hurtful. And I was like, I remember, breaking down and crying from it. I'm in my late 20s and I'm crying over comments that 12 year olds are probably writing. But it's hurtful. It's hurtful stuff and you have to have a tough skin. To me, if I'm even going to start a channel or start writing, doing vlogs or writing stories, I don't even want to know what the criticisms are going to be. That's when I told the guys I don't want to be in front of camera at all. Christine understands why young women are more hesitant to put themselves out there. I understand too. So what do we do? According to Anna Kana, you can't worry about it. She says she meets talented Asian-American women all the time who ask her, how do you start? And she says, you just start. Because it's not like all of these male YouTube stars are brilliant at everything either. They start, they learn as they go. If they don't know how to do something, they find collaborators, build a team, they make it happen. Give ourselves permission to fail, because so many people are afraid of failure, but it's like, it's just, it's going to happen. Like, it's a natural 
process. And I think with entertainment specifically, failure is so hard because you have to do it in front of an audience. You should be making so much stuff with like a focus on improving every time. And when you put it out there and you have an audience and they criticize it, you know, like that's even more of a drive, I feel like, to make the next thing better and better and better and to like learn from it. Um, and even if something sucks, I put it out there anyway because you never know like who's going to really connect with it. Because there's almost always one person who just really likes it. I asked Christine Chen if she feels like there's a missing female voice in Wang Fu's videos. Is there anyone she's worked with that she wishes would step up and tell stories from an Asian American women's perspective? Most of the girls do agree that there is that missing link, that missing voice on there. And I think they're trying to do their part to fill it. But you know what? I, in the future, I would like to say me. <laughs> I always say that one day I'll be brave enough to like, you know, um, write stories and put it on YouTube and see how that goes. So there you have it. Just so she can't back out, tweet Christine Chen if you want to hear more of her stories. She's already showing up in more of Wang Fu's videos. We'll have her Twitter handle and links to Anna Akana's YouTube channel at bullettrainpodcast.com. Also, Wang Fu Productions' sister company, International Secret Agents, is putting a call out for talent. We'll have more info on our website as well. This is not only our very first podcast episode ever, but what I'm hoping will be the first of many future episodes exploring this topic. While we've explored one reason that discourages Asian American women to become the equivalent of Wang Fu on YouTube, it's definitely not the only reason. So what are the other challenges? Or are we wrong, and there are actually a lot of Asian American women YouTubers, but they're just harder to find? Is this a marketing issue? If you're an Asian American girl creating stuff on YouTube, whether you have millions of subscribers or just started, contact us. We want to hear your story. This podcast is produced by me, Craig Stubing, and Brian Hu. It's edited by Craig. Our theme song is by Purple Glitter, and additional music is composed by Jean Chen. And special thanks to everyone who helped us launch our very first episode. You can download our podcast on iTunes or wherever you usually get your podcasts. Check us out at bullettrainpodcast.com and find us on Twitter to tell us what you think. If you loved it, hated it, or just want to comment on why I'm not as pretty as Anna Akana or Christine Chen. Bullet Train is brought to you by Asia Pacific Arts, an online magazine published by the USC-US China Institute under the Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism. Our next episode will be about the popular obstacle course competition, American Ninja Warrior. One of the things that I guess that a lot of people didn't understand is that there isn't a winner. You know, a hundred people show up and then they're like, so who won? It's like, nobody won. Well, who made it the farthest? This guy did. So he won. No, he lost too. That'll be our next stop on Bullet Train. <laughs>